what is your problem that you're trying to solve at the moment <laughs> that brought you to uh, come to me? So um, the I, I don't think there is one specific problem at the moment. There is multiple. Um, the as I said, no one has done anything with System One or anything technical in years. Yeah. So I'm. I suppose. Where do I start? I would like to move personally, and I yeah. don't think the partners are necessarily on board with this yet. Yeah. We have to move to a more triaging system. We're yeah. not doing that at the moment. Yeah. We're not signposting very well at all. Yeah. The partners are not fully on board with that at the moment. But yeah. what I want to do is try and implement as many things that are going to make their life as easy as possible to show them the benefits in the long term of going of moving to a does this does this make sense? Yeah, yeah. So what I'm trying to do is basically show them that I know what I'm talking about, essentially. Yeah. So would you say so I'm I'm gonna push you a little bit on this? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, please. This, do. this is helpful helpful. So is it I'm gonna ask you again, what is your problem? Um because I'm just and I'm just gonna help to try and maybe define some yeah. of that problem. Um because your problem, I think you the first problem you might have just said there is that the problem you're trying to solve is that maybe the GPs are working too much. Yeah. Or and your so your problem that you're trying to solve is to reduce their workload? Hundred percent, yes. Yeah. So that's that's and it's the problem. inappropriateness of the work that they're doing. Yeah. So you so the problem is is you want them to be doing the work that, that is appropriate for them. Absolutely, yes. So it's too much work. Yeah. And appropriateness of work. Absolutely, yes. So those are the two problems you're trying to solve at the moment, would you say? I would say that they are the end goals, yes. Yeah. There's a multitude of problems to get there. Well, there's lots of steps that sit behind that. Yeah. But in essence, what's brought you to do want to do something is that you see the problem is that there's more work being done yeah. than they should be. Yeah. And also that work is being done by the wrong people. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And I think what you're saying from the multidisciplinary team, what you're saying is you think that those people should be doing that work. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the solving of that problem is to make the GP's lives happier. Absolutely. And to give you some satisfaction that you've done that. Absolutely. Yeah. So would that yeah. about probably encompass the problem? Absolutely. You've worded it. I would have been I'd have, I'd have talked around the houses for six months to get there. Yes. <laughs> So because that, that's really important when we're essentially rather than seeing things as a solution, what we want yeah. to do is we want to define the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And until you define the problem properly, yeah. you can't say what the solution is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So rather than us coming from a solutions focused basis of here's some great shiny bright stuff digital wise that can do stuff. Yeah. What you actually have to say is what is the problem that's driving this at the moment? Yeah that's going to help me to do something yeah. and if I can define my problem because it's the same problem that the partners recognize then actually I can get them to do stuff yeah absolutely. Whereas, if, whereas if I come with this shiny bright thing I'm not necessarily sure it's going to answer their problem no so 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 long as we come from at this from a problems basis mm. then we can actually produce an argument that's going to get yeah. you to be able to do what you want to do yeah, I also need to prove to that. I also need to tell. I don't think they are fully understand that it is that is the problem yet. Exactly. 
Um, so I need to, this, this is where I'm coming from, is that I need them to understand that that is the problem mm. before I can even do anything. Yeah. So I think that's why I've posed that question to yeah. you is because what that does is that that helps to define what we're trying to answer. Yeah. And that keeps everybody on the same page. Yeah. And that means that you all are then heading towards the same goal. And yeah. then that means then that everybody then will agree yes or no. And all of these shiny things can be great or not. But unless yeah. they solve the problem, there's no point doing them. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So it, it will be that if you feel this is the problem, they need to agree that that's the problem as well. Yeah. And until they agree that that's the problem, there's no point in carrying on doing anything. Yeah. But those problems are the same problems because I, I know that that is the problem. Yeah. And, and the reason why I'm asking because I know because I've, you know, I've yeah. been in general practice for 20 years. Um, I've been a partner for 15 years. I've been a clinical director for five years. Yeah. Um, I know what the problem is because everyone says the same thing. And it yeah. is exactly that. It's it's workload and appropriateness of workload. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's exactly the same as yeah. everybody says. Brilliant. So there's there's no there's, there's no arguing around that. So I don't think your partners will have anything to say in that. But the importance is is that we use that as the basis for why we want to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They're very reluctant to um to let go of anything at the moment. Yes. Um. And and so I need to get that. I think I think they understand that that's the problem. I'm not sure they'll admit that that's the problem, but I think they understand that that's the problem. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a it's going to be a slow process. Yeah, it is a slow process because it's really complicated. Yeah, and it's a really complex environment that we work in, mm -hmm. um, with patients and all sorts of roles and everything that's going on. Yeah, the big the bigger that you get, the more complex the problem becomes. So if you're an individual, so if you're yep. one GP and doing your thing, then you can just decide by yourself what you want to do. Yeah. It's only you can then come to a group of, say, three or four GPs and you can just about get by. You have to start doing sort of agreements and saying, I do yeah. this, you do that. But, you know, we'll work together at this. Often not written down, no. often not defined as what it is. And that's where general practices come from, from, yeah. from that kind of single practitioner to then a small group of GPs yeah. um, and that's where it's there it kind of remains um, mm -hmm. now we're what, what what we are is we're not that size of organization anymore so we're so we're working in that way but we're beyond that scale yeah and as you go through that scale you actually have to be more standardized in the way that you do things you have to write things down you have to create protocols and everybody has to agree to them in order to operate yeah yes indeed um yeah so what this is about is is about people recognizing that the way in which they're operating at the moment and this is the challenge the real challenge if you like is the cultural yeah. change yeah is to say you can't behave like that anymore um and the reason why they don't want to change is because that's threatening yeah um because in a, in essence what you're saying is you're destroying their family yeah um because that way of operating is a family yeah and it's really it yeah I, I'm, as I said I've only been here three months and I've managed to get a few I've managed to get a few wins in small wins yeah um and that was important because I needed to build that trust that yeah I, yeah it works yeah um but it's yeah it's not going to be an easy road it really mm. really isn't and 
yeah so from my point of view having somebody that's been through that and understanding how you got on board with that and how you got other people on board with that that to me would be you know I can do all of the technical stuff I can prove to them that it works mm. but I can't change their minds because I'm not a GP yeah but I think you can um I think I can and and this is the reason why yeah so this what I'm what, what I'm tr- setting out here so there's there's really good evidence that yeah. sits behind this um uh-huh. I'll, I'll send you a few documents afterwards but Please, essentially yeah. So um, there's there's a there's something called the Dunbar number, mm-hmm. um, which is a, an anthropological description of organisations, right. um, and what it describes is the different types of organisations in terms of numbers of people and the type of relationship you have at different levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the smallest level is you as a person. The next level up above that is a family. Then the next level up above that is a team, and then you have a clan. Mm-hmm. And then above that, you, you you then have the the larger structure. Mm-hmm. And now there are there's good evidence to what those numbers are. And right. if you can you can think about yourself in this. So you as a person have a family. You mm-hmm. know, most people's family, your close family, often four, five, you know, maybe six. You know, that yeah. is a family, and that's your family group. And the the thing about a family group is you don't need things written down because by your things are explicitly known between you because you're interacting so often mm. and therefore you don't have a, a a contract with other members of your family I mean you might do but most people don't <laughs> um, but you don't have a contract with your other family members mm. because it's 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 just known yeah now when you go to a team a team is like a same size as like a sports team so right. the reason why teams are teams so why you know football is 11 uh, rugby is 15 um, so the reason why team sports operate at that level is because that's the level at which you can feel comfortable with knowing every member of your team well. Right. And everybody has a different role in the team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you might be a, I don't know, do you play any sport? No. No. So, you know, in football, you might be a centre forward and you might be a defence or you might be a goalkeeper. You're all different, mm. but you all know your role in the team. Yeah. Now, now that does need some definition. So that does need writing down in some way of, or whatever. There's a yeah. strategy there. So there is about I do this bit, you do that bit and you do that bit because we're different. Um, and it starts to get to the point as a team where you have to define things. Yeah. Now, the next level above that is multiple teams. Mm-hmm. So the next level above that is, is organisational structure where you take more than one team. And those teams, you know, in general practice can be your nursing team, your reception team, your GP yeah. team. Um, and they, they all then are teams of teams. Mm-hmm. And they're teams that operate independently of one another, but actually operate together as an organisation. Yeah. And as you get bigger, as you get more teams, you have to be more structured orientated. You need more definition of about what happens, about interactions across the practice about where information transfer happens about who says what where when and about why that's that happens then and about why that happens then because unless you've got definition between your teams then things fall apart and you get misunderstanding that happens between a receptionist and a gp a misunderstanding between a nurse and a gp a misunderstanding and it and it creates this uncertainty and this this, this lack of working yeah. together and that's where we're at 
Yeah. And and that's because that evolution of mm. of the, the organization is still back in the in the yeah. family um yeah. or the team and it hasn't recognized where it is. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't you know, you that and the problem is, is the people who are in charge of the organization, which the partners don't know any of this stuff. No. So they don't know about organizational structure. No. They're doctors dealing with patients. They're business owners who also most of the time don't know very much about business um, and are supposed to be financial managers, but don't necessarily know much about finance. Um, so they're kind of in the wrong job. Um, so you've kind of got partners who actually can be really great leaders. Yeah. I've got lots of really great skills of communication, of being able to interact with people about all of the training that they've had with fantastic kind of communication skills. Yeah. And 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 that's what's brilliant about them. But unfortunately, they're just not people who know or who've read or have been taught yeah. about what it means to be a leader. And about mm. what it means to run a business and to structure something which is above the level of what's intuitive. So the intuitive level is a family and maybe a team. But as soon as you go above that level to multiple teams, you actually need to learn a bit about it. Yeah. That's really interesting. It's exactly what we've been saying for since I've joined. And it's actually how do I get them to understand that? which is, 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 yeah, how do I, how do I get there? So this is how do you get there. So first of all, the thing is to describe as is, to describe where you are at the moment. And what I'm saying before is describing your problem. Mm. Because what we've just been fleshing out there is a bit more of what your problem is. Yeah. Because we've talked about a problem from their individual perspective as a partner. So yeah. their individual problem has, is that they are, they, them, they are overworked yeah they them are seeing the wrong patient or what about the rest of the team you know what about the receptionists well, they're overworked what about yeah. the nursing team they're overworked yeah. uh, what about the nurses are they seeing the right patients what about the paramedics are they seeing the right patients yeah so it's moving it from a doctor-centric viewpoint mm. of it's all about the doctors and it's all about what the doctors do mm. and actually recognizing that everybody's valuable in your organization exactly and that's so yeah i think and I, and i think i've said this that's the point is is that everybody is not right it's not just the partners but i need their buy in the buy in because they're the ones who who've got the 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 money power yeah yeah the money and the power so yeah you have to pass everything through the partnership in order to do that. But that's feasible. Now, what I've done in my journey is that I've led a change and I've got 16 partners. Wow. And we were three separate practices. Mm, Wow. Um, I've got 120 staff. Wow. (laughs) How? And I've got a team who's really happy mm. and I've got partners who feel valued. I've got yeah. partners who let let go. And I've got partners who think that the rest of the team is just as amazing as they are. So where, from day one, for example, 
were did you have any major resistance from the other partners okay <laughs> when have i when, when have i not had resistance okay. when, when is there there is there is always there's always yeah. resistance to change you know, change is is yeah, about yeah. taking people through things and recognizing what we've got good at is change so mm. actually the change the biggest change is getting used to change mm. and and agreeing that change should happen that yeah. the organization should be a continual learning organization mm. that it sh- shouldn't just be the thing that it is because by definition if you carry on doing the same thing all the time in five years time it will be the wrong thing yeah 100% because the world changes yeah. you know IT changes yeah technology people change the structure of society changes you know so if you stay doing the same thing the whole time it will be wrong so you you have to accept and actually things are changing more quickly than they used to because technology is changing yeah so the rate of change has kind of sped up in the last you know 10 20 years because technology is driving that and with each new iteration actually you're getting left behind and I think what people are finding at the moment is because of that that IT aspect of it, that's yeah. the bit that is that is speeding so fast that everybody's getting left behind with it. Mm. So unless you check, unless we change as organisations to embrace that and be a mm. part of it and actually accept it and use it, you will very quickly be either go out of business because somebody else will come around and take you, you, you over or yeah. your merge will be taken over um, or, or somebody will do it for you. Yeah. So you either get on and that's this is the and this was my argument for change with my partners was this is happening anyway. Yeah. You, you either get on the bus or, 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 you you're, or, yeah. or you're off. So yeah. it's up to you guys. You know, this isn't you making these decisions. This is NHS England. This is the IT. This is digital technology. This is patients asking for stuff. Yeah. So, you know, you're not in control of this. No. You, you, you're not setting these timelines. Yeah. So those are all the external factors which are setting your timelines. Yeah. So it's your choice because if you carry on doing what you're doing, you will no longer be here in five years time. I can guarantee yeah. you that. So you as a partner will not be here. You will either have gone bust or you'll have burnt out. But one way or another, you will not be here. So that for me is the burning platform. Yeah. That for me says to people, you either get on with this right now with urgency Mm. or we're stuffed. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So that's how you kind of make your argument. Yeah, that's how you say, you know, we need to do this. And that's how you get them on board. Mm-hmm. You also bring them on board. So that's the kind of the that's the stick. Yeah. The carrot is is if you do this, you will make money. Yeah, exactly. So money is a big driver always. Now, if you can run your your operation correctly, you can improve your profit. And it but interestingly, it's not about money in terms of you say profit to most gps and they run a mile yeah um because most gps do not come from a position of wanting to make money there are some um but most of them actually don't want millions 
and they're not interested in getting millions. What they actually want is they want financial stability. Yeah. So what they want to know is that I know how much I'm going to earn this year and I want to know I'm going to earn that next year. Please just, just can I just know just yeah. not not what my tax return is going to go all over the shop mm-hmm. that my pension payments of the super round has added up this year and it's been £15,000 out and now I'm £30,000 in debt because of what's happened over the last three years. Yeah. So all they actually want is is control of finance to enable them to be secure yeah and the, because until you're secure financially you can't actually move on and do anything no yep so financial control is a really important part actually of the starting point mm. and in some respects unless you can show that first you will not move on no because you will be stuck in fear. Um, so any suggestion of doing anything different will be met with, we can't afford that. Mm-hmm. So you become restricted in the way you think and the way you feel, which actually stops anything outright. So you won't even get anything. Any suggestion of anything will not go anywhere yeah. until you can show financial control of an organisation. Yeah, and this is what's happened. So the last two years, the practice manager joined two years ago, um, and this is what's happened, is that he's not been able to do anything because of that exact reason. Um, yeah, interesting. So the first point, and this is what I've spent quite a long time doing, is understanding finance first, if you like. So gaining financial control of an organisation, budgeting effectively, being in control of a budget so you can show with relative confidence the next year. Mm. You can also demonstrate and and teach. I've, I've done a lot of coaching, really, of my partners around finance. Yeah. Um, and it's coaching them in stuff they don't want to hear. So they can't be bothered to talk, to think about it because they don't want to think about it because they think somebody else will will do that for me. Somebody mm-hmm. else, the accountants will take part, of, will, will do that for me. They're the yeah. ones who, they're the ones who who I will just give all my figures to and they'll sort it out. And then they're scrabbling around saying, well, why has this happened? Why did this happen? Why has this happened to me? Why has my tax turned on this? Why has the practice done that one? And, the, and they say, but the accountant should have sorted that out. But the, but the accountant can't. It's not their business. It's not their job, no. So the, the accountants are there to add up and confirm what you've done. Yeah. They're not, there, they're not there to business plan for you. That's not the job of an accountant. So you're missing a whole thing that sits between an accountant and a business owner is somebody who's financially planning what's going on. Yeah. So you can't you can't do it unless no. you unless you do some somebody has to do that. Mm-hmm. So somebody has to link those two things together. Now that can be so I took that role on because there was a need for that yeah. which helped me to really kind of understand things. So I spent a lot of time with accountants looking at finance, really understanding that from a financial and organizational perspective to gain control 
And that's mm. that's what made the big difference yeah. in me driving a change forward was I gave confidence in right. what where we are financially. Yeah. And I was able to 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 give spreadsheets with a business plan. Yeah. Which is such an abstract concept in general practice. Yeah. It's such an abstract concept of I might actually have to add up what I'm doing in order to say whether it's worth it or not. Mm. And I might actually have to show how much it costs. Yeah. And I might actually have to work out how much my staff bill is for what yeah. to do what in order to say, might I do something different? Because you can't do anything different if you don't know what you're currently doing. How on yeah. earth how on earth can you decide to spend your money differently if you don't know what you're spending your money on now? And how yeah. on earth can I uh, decide to earn more money if I don't know how I'm earning it now? Mm. Yeah. So you have to get that those basics right. Mm -hmm. And they are basics. I mean, they're, yeah. they're basic. You know, to be honest, we all do this in our home accounts. You know, we all know how much we we can all, I bet you bet on dollar, if you ask them, you know, how much did you earn? What was in your pay packet last month? You yeah. know, what, what what have you roughly spent on this? Have you got a budget for your for your summer holiday? Um, Have you budgeted for, for something in your life ever? Mm. You know, I bet you bet on dollar most people have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it, they're not actually very difficult concepts, but for some reason, and I, and, and I don't know why, as soon as you step out of your home life into your into being a GP partner, you suddenly forget everything you know about finance. <laughs> you suddenly just forget it all. You suddenly can't. What I do at home in my my that doesn't work. That's not it. But it, it but it's the same. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But they're just. But for, there is this absolute switching off, and I think that comes from a feeling that it's too complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, so I'm good, probably going to jump 15 steps because it's just my brain. Just yeah, yeah. Um, so the position I'm in here is that I I can't see if I'm really brutally honest. I can see that I can get them on board. But they won't be able to, they won't do anything. They absolutely won't. There will be no, it doesn't matter how many carrots. It, it's about what I will do, not what they will do. Which isn't going to work. Why not? Because they need to, it, it needs to be all of us on the journey, surely. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... But how do I get them to take part in the journey? I, I know uh, I've got, you know, and that's, yeah, I know what, so you, that's what you're saying. So the key to this is understanding what they want. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I absolutely agree. A bit like what I'm doing with you now, really, is you need to understand your the other person's perspective totally. Yeah. Really get under, under the lid of. Um, and actually, you can you can do this by you just need to spend a little bit of time. Mm. And what I would suggest you do is 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 what we do is spend a half day together. Yeah. And and it and, and it's and it again it's basic business sense, which is setting out a strategy. Yeah. Um, and that strategy has to be agreed by everybody. 
So the, the way in which you do that, I mean, you can do, you know, like a SWOT analysis, you know, what's our strengths, yeah. our weakness, our opportunities, our threats. You know, there's lots of tools that you can use for that. But, but and before you, before you can do anything, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to create the idea of what it is we're going to try and do together. Mm-hmm. Because you're absolutely right. If you come and say something, you, you know, what's, that's not going to go anywhere. No. So, you, so you as a group... And, you you know, you, it sounds like you could be a real key person to that group, that you could be the one that, that suggests actually what we need to do, guys. I know this sounds a bit strange, but actually we probably just need to get together for a half day. Mm. Um, and actually what we need to do is we need to set out before we choose any shiny objects of, of stuff to do, yeah. before we choose any way of doing it, because that, that's the wrong way to approach it. Before we do any looking what mm-hmm. we actually have to do is decide between us what is it we want to achieve mm-hmm. yeah and and then you agree on that so you agree and you know what happens when i do when, every time i do an exercise like this you don't actually need to say much no you, you, they it all comes out you know and at the end of the day they all end up saying the same thing you say the same thing they all agree to the same thing we want to be in more control we want to do less work we want to do this amount of time we want to bring people on it's it's not rocket science at no. all but what it is is it, is it sets the stage then for you then to do something mm. because they are on board with you and they will really respect you for this yeah they will really respect you for forcing them to do something mm. which is actually telling them what they should be doing themselves yeah sorry right. silence it yeah so, so that's step one really is is doing that mm-hmm. and then when you've got that and the good thing and what you need to do within that is set out some objectives with timelines within it yeah so you need to set a date by which they then will agree that something needs to happen with because mm-hmm. it's only by setting out then the date that you want something to achieve by what that thing is that you can then work out what you need to do to get there Mm-hmm. so if you set out about whether that's income whether we want this profit to be this whether we want our hours to be this whether we want our patients to do this whether we want our staff to do x mm-hmm. you know and actually that's quite a good grouping to think it through is from an organizational perspective from a partner perspective from a other staff perspective so that you get the different viewpoints um and the patients should be really key to that mm-hmm. So, so we, we, often, and what's been the most powerful kind of meetings we've done is actually starting with a patient. Yeah. Um, and we we did an exercise where we took the whole practice, and this is quite a good thing to do as a PLT, a, you know, big learning event, is we took the whole practice, went through three practices, we were still three separate practices at that point, and took just six patients. And then what we did is we, before, in the meetings, and we did this, in fact, over three or four meetings we shut the whole practice we asked permission so got the gps to get those to select random patients um, and just said can you ask those patients permission if we can look through their records as a team um and we even went as far as saying can we get hold of the secondary care records as well wow um and what we did is we took those six patients and and it's a really fascinating exercise mm. that you look through their whole record and you spend some time looking through their 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 history in the patient record 
and you look at the notes you look at when they came you look at the appointments you look at the the the, the letters of all the stuff and you don't need the secondary care record because most of it's there but you can do yeah. we also did an exercise with the social care record for a different um a meeting but you know you can start and the basic one is just to do it with the patient with the, with your internal patient record mm. Now you get that viewpoint. So you ask, you do that with a team of all your different types. So get a receptionist in the, together. So you do small groups, receptionists, nurses, GPs, managers, and split them into groups mm. and, and look at those patient records. Go through it in detail and get people to give their each individual viewpoint of it. What it mm. starts to do is it makes you actually think from a patient's perspective. You start to stop being the role that you are and you start yeah. to think about the person. And then the most powerful thing is you take that group and you go and see that person. Right. And you go and ask them, ask them about what their journey is. Right. And you, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at how it's different to what's in the record. Yeah, I bet. You'll be amazed at what they tell you about the touch points where they've had feelings of failure again. Yeah and again and again and again and again and what that does is it actually shows you as your your team what you're not doing well mm -hmm. it shows you from a patient perspective you know those things you were talking about about access and about wanting to do something different that is such a powerful exercise mm -hmm. in demonstrating we did that five years ago and we've been trying to catch up with that ever since right because ever since then, it's all been about what it, it changes your viewpoint as an organization entirely. Yeah. Because it, you stop being person centric from you as an individual. And you then end up being patient centric and you then end up being at the point where you all agree mm. all of the stuff. And, and ever since then, all you end up doing is just trying to hold back change. Yeah, because everybody can, comes out with so many ideas about what they want to do, which they've all had all the time anyway. And then you, that then your job from that point forward is how can I do as many of these things as quickly yeah. as possible? OK, I have no idea where to start. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's really it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. My my biggest concern is that I'm one person. Um, we're all treading water, as you know, I'm sure. None of us actually getting to do our actual jobs because we're treading water with the daily stuff. It's not sustainable for any of us. Um, and I'm one person. So this is and I'm where... I'm one part-time person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is where you basically just need to go to your ICS. Yeah. And you need to just in a very brief set. And this is what I did. Yeah. So I so I, I wrote this down as a as a program about what I think should happen. I said, I want to close this, this practice for these number of days and I want a facilitator to come and do this for me. Yeah. And I want extra support to make this happen, because if I do this, this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. They threw the money at me. Right. There is there is always transformational money there. They basically just want a way to spend it. And that mm -hmm. might be spend in terms of finance, but often it's about them giving people to you. Yeah. 
And so, I think that's the thing. It's it's having somebody with the confidence, the way you speak. You know, I don't speak like this. Um, and and having that someone with that confidence that can come and, and actually not lead the change, because I'm capable of leading the change, but actually inspiring the change. It's a facilitation okay. exercise is what it's actually about. Yeah. It's it's not, you know, you, everybody knows what they want to, they need yeah. to do. They just need the time and the headspace yeah. to do it. So all, that's all you're doing is you're just creating the headspace and the time. Um, and the reason why it works by going out to the ICS is it actually shows to the partners that change can actually be profitable as well. Yeah. That actually all those pots of money that then get thrown at you, I've, I've for the last five years I've never struggled at all because I've always had a business plan ready to absorb yeah. whatever money or whatever support was out there don't need to think about it no because if you start from a point of right I just want to get to go with something you actually can make use of all the money in a in a good way mm. that then only builds upon what you've done yeah so you just take it a step at a time through it and that and it's and it's small steps so it's not saying that, you know, you want all of this to have happened. This is a five, 10 year yeah. transformation program. Yeah. This is about general practice gradually, iteratively changing. And it's not about one thing right now. Boom, it's happened. No. You do it at pay. You do, you do it at the t- in the pace you can manage. Mm. So you can do it in the pace that you can kind of that you can just about manage and if you can keep going at just about that pace you'll get mm. there um but don't worry about the end result no. at that point the, the 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 end result at this point is to be on the journey and mm. to get them started and it's just to to do that that, that thing initially and, mm. and that's really hard like you say when you're work when everybody is at, is, is at absolute capacity well 110 yeah. percent capacity yeah but the thing is, is if we we are always at 110 percent capacity. So the only way you can not do that is actually by dropping capacity. And the best way to do that is to go and ask the ICS for money and just to say, we want to do some general practice improvement work. Mm. And can you support us in doing that and ask them to come up with the answer of how they can do that for you? Mm. And you, you, you can literally write one page of this is what I want to do as an as an organization. They'll they will love you. Okay. The ICS will love you for giving them the answer of what they want to do. Mm. All they want to do, all, they, all the ICS actually want to do is give you money to help you transform to be something better. Mm. But that's their job. Yeah. So you're you're just doing your their job for them. Mm. So if you can imagine somebody coming and doing your job for you. Oh. <laughs> so that's what you're doing by creating a business plan that sets mm. out what that transformation should be. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of sets out, you know, the whole, you know, that's change principles in terms of, you know, what what we've done. That's what we've done. Yeah. Um, and actually, all the bits that we've got are really just 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 giving stuff to do that with. Mm. Yeah. So what we've created is we've created a rag rating, which is how to define your patient type, which yeah. helps to you to establish what your workload is. We establish what type of priority of patient appointments there are in terms of are they urgent on the day, but within four hours, but within 24 hours, but within two weeks, but within four weeks. Then that helps you to set out, you know, what your patients are going to want. So then you know what you're kind of dealing with. Mm. Um, 
And then it's all about understanding your workforce and the finance of that workforce. Mm-hmm. So that's that's about a workforce tool, which is what Tempo is. It's an e-workforce platform that basically gives you the control because it gives you the pay rates of people, tells you what they're doing, where and when, and it tells you what you're planning to do with them. So it tells wow. you in the future, when are they going to be on leave? When am I going to ask them to be on leave? How many people have I got left over to do the work that I need to mm-hmm. do? So then that gives you the control and it gives you the financial control because you know how much they get paid. So all yeah. that stuff that we do on spreadsheets, that is a static thing of how many people have I got this week? Oh, it's all changed again next week. Oh, it's mm. all changed again the following week. Oh, it's changed. So my spreadsheet, you know, you get more and more spreadsheets and they just get more and more complicated because you're trying to overlay all of these different things. Yeah. Uh, and trust me, my spreadsheet's got quite enormous when I've got 120 <laughs> staff. So that's when you need to use a dynamic system for yeah. it. So that's where you need to use something that you, you're entering in simple information, which is these are the hours that they work and this is their pay. Mm. And that's it. And then, yeah. and then it's just managing all of that in a system that helps you with their leave. So it's set, you can set rules for leave. You can set how many people need to be here because you, you're planning. Oh, my yeah. God, it's amazing. You know, actually kind of working out what I might want to do. before I've done it rather than just doing something yes so that principle of actually planning and I'm going to come back to budgeting Mm -hmm. because that's key so the whole thing about this is how to budget yeah and that budget is a budget in money because at the end of the day whatever you do you can't do it without money but more than that, what what money is, is actually, to be honest, really just a representation of time. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, 80% of our costs are all staff costs. You know, so all of the stuff that we do, actually, really, what we actually are budgeting is not money. What yeah. we're actually budgeting is people's time. So when you were saying, you know, earlier on, we were talking about a multidisciplinary team about what your GPs do and wanting them to do the right work, what you're actually saying is, how do I budget for my GP's time? Mm-hmm. What you're actually saying is, how how can I best use my money? Yes. So how can I spend my money wisely? How yeah. can I spend my GP's time wisely? How can I spend my nursing team time wisely? How can I spend my and actually my receptionist might be a bit cheaper than that nursing staff and that person might be a bit cheaper than that one so a wise person might say do you know what I might use the thing that's cheapest to do as much as possible before I use the one that's really expensive because actually if I go and spend all of my pocket money this week um, on that really expensive thing I haven't got any money left Exactly. Um, but, but actually, if I spent it on a few cheaper things, actually, I might get more because it's it's a bit more affordable. Mm-hmm. And actually, I can make do with something that's a bit less pricey because it does a good enough job. And actually, five stuff that's a good enough job in comparison to two, which is really expensive, can actually make my life better. Yeah. And it, even better than that is actually those those five things interestingly they can actually do things just as well as the expensive ones if you give them the right stuff to do yeah even actually they can do it better Better. yeah 
So those those cheap things can actually be better than the pricey one. Yeah. All you need to do is you just need to filter out what that cheap person who isn't actually cheap, they're really effective and they're really oh. cost effective and they've got fantastic skill sets. And all I can do is just give them the right stuff to do. You know, it's a no brainer, surely, isn't it? So that's about being able to look at that. So that's about being able to look at that whole workforce, at your whole situation in a way that enables you to look at it. And then also to be able to move things around and plan that, because you can only do that if you know the financial planning to get to that point. Right. So is so Tempo, is this a is it is it an online based tool? Yeah. So it's yeah. it it's come from what was originally actually a locum booking platform. Right. Um, so it started off and it's been running for 15 years in Sussex. Um, right. But, and it used to be called GP Networks. Um, uh, so, okay. so it spread and it was used to spread locum staff across Sussex. And it was, you know, really cheap for practice, still is, has been really cheap. We're actually going to be making it free to practice soon for the GP Networks okay. Park because it's been, been around for so long. Um, and that just enables people to freely book locums between organisations. Yeah. Um, and that's what Joe, who's, who's kind of listening in the background, set up 15 years ago. Um, and it was him and another guy, oh, yeah, Jonathan. Lurking on the, lurking on the call. <laughs> uh, I mean, is he, he, him and another guy, Jonathan Sargent, who set it up originally, just with this viewpoint. Um, and actually it was the CCG, or in fact, maybe it was before CCGs, it was a PCT at that time, who paid to, to set it up. And it, right. in, essence, in essence, it's what a flexible staff pool has now become. Um, and, mm-hmm. then, and then there's different providers doing that now. But what Joe did is, is, is then took it to another level, which was to then roll it out for a federation type of working. And what mm-hmm. a federation does is it still uses flexible staff yeah. to do other stuff. So that was about the extended hours. That was about the vaccinating programs. So that was about everything that was going on in Brighton that was sitting above the level of the practices. Yeah. So all of that federating work was what it was then being used for. And that was very successful because it actually ran all the COVID vaccination hubs. It did all of the extended hours and it's still doing all of that. It's doing the UTCs. So it's, yeah. it's been you know, successful. Now, I naively, um, um, in my naivety, as I was going through my journey of that five year kind of change, I naively thought, well, if I just take my spreadsheets and if I just go and then see Joe, Joe can just put my spreadsheets into his system um, and then actually it will it will do it all for me because right. surely surely isn't it the same thing no. surely isn't that just you know using staff and 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 just putting them in the right place and I naively um, accepted that challenge <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was that we suddenly kind of got stuck mm. into the detail of what it actually means to have employed people yeah um, who have a job plan so you mm-hmm. can't just use them flexibly. No. They have hours that they work, days that they work. They get to choose that. Funny that, isn't it? Um, and they get to choose holidays. So that's really awkward. Because mm-hmm. when you're dealing with a flexible pool of staff, actually, you know, it's pretty easy because you just yeah. open stuff up and just people book yeah. in and you either you have them or not. But employed staff, you have all of these yeah. HR stuff, you know, like they have rights uh, about they need to have Rude. holidays sometime <laughs> and, they, and they need to have some choice in that. You know, how, how do you do that? Um, and then you have all these things like meetings and you have like things like supervision and you have all of these other elements that all kind of coincide. And then you've actually got to try and do some work with them. 
So you've actually yeah. got to try and say how much activity are you wanting them to do. So it becomes what, you know, we've, we've taken three years actually to work through that whole kind of understanding of what that means. And so we've been working within the foundry for the last, um, well, three years at the programme. And then after the, the last year, we've kind of been using it effectively. And now we're, so what we've done, and this is why, you know, people are coming to us now, is because we've got a platform that then works for, and it's interesting now, because we've done the practice stuff, it mm. now works as a locum booking platform, as right. a practice management platform, and a PCN platform, and a federation platform, because mm. that's where it started. But it was really interesting that the hardest thing was the actual practice stuff. Right, interesting. Okay. So that's what it, you know, in my mind, it's taken to gain that control and to work through that whole process is 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 that kind of what do you need to get there? And mm -hmm. and it's funny how, as we said, it all comes down to financial understanding and control first. Yeah. Understanding your workforce, understanding what you do. And once you gain that control, you it starts to open the doors. But you can't do that on it on its own. You know, no shiny things doing nice things don't make change you no. cannot you, you just having a platform just having something that works doesn't do it you have to do that other bit first so mm. there's no point in you coming to ask me don't come and ask me to come and do something in your in your practice I don't want to do it mm. and, until such time as the partners in your practice say that they want to do it right okay because there's no point in us coming and doing anything with you unless they say they want it to happen. Because mm. they're the ones who hold the checkbook. They're the ones who are going to say no. So you've really got to understand that motivation from them first. And you've really got to create, do that little bit of work first mm -hmm. um, and, and go to the ICS maybe if that's what you need the funding yeah. for. The funding is there. So that's that's in essence what the general practice, that modern general practice access fund is. Yeah, that's that's also what's in the PCN funding. So there's PCN funding for yeah. capacity and access. So the money is there. Um, mm. You just have to ask for it in the right way. Yeah. So if you ask for that work, if you ask for that money in the right way and you ask for support from the ICS to help you. And like I say, you do a one pager for them. Mm hmm your partners are going to love you yeah you know and, and actually it doesn't take that much to take those first few steps you know just to write that one page just set out this is what I think I want to do this is what I think the ICS could do for us this mm. is what I think we can do as an organization and actually it might be too much for you to do as a single practice so the other thing to think about is how you can maybe if you've got relationships with the practices around you some do some don't but it's a thought and you have mm. to start where you are as well. But actually, the best driver you can get is to start working collaboratively um, because actually there are other skills with people in the practices around you. And I don't know how, what your relations like with your other practices. Um, yeah, 100% agreed. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I, yeah, it's. Uh, I, we, we're, we're, our PCN is six practices and all completely on different pages with everything. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we work collaboratively with some things we get on. But in terms of business planning, financial, anything, it's it's 
completely different pages. So what's really interesting is how this can really be a driver. Mm. So if you went to those practices as a PCN, just with a brief overview of this is these are the sorts of things we're thinking about now mm. you know go put it past your partners first you know make sure you don't step outside you know yeah. I've, I've made that mistake enough times you know make sure you get the agreement from the people around you first and set out what you're going to do and then take it to them because what that does is it suddenly increases your capacity to do this sort of work yeah um because actually if you share that responsibility between you as a group of people doing stuff you get massive benefit from it mm. Um, because you're only, you know, you are part time. You are only twelve thousand. Um, yeah. Act- actually, but all, but everybody needs to do the same work. So it's not as if you you don't all have to do all of this. No. And if you did that bit and we 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 did that bit, you know, there's there's your plan. Yeah. We, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, that's that's certainly something that we can uh, we can we can consider, but. It, as, as I said, I've only been in the, in this area for three months. Um, my experience is that, you know, getting all six practices to agree to share any work is not easy. Getting them to share anything is not easy. Um, but it's certainly something that you can you can consider. But I wouldn't be that hopeful if I'm honest. No, I'm being the, very diplomatic there. <laughs> no, and I absolutely agree with that. And I actually agree that's the hardest thing to do. Mm. But it's an opportunity. Um, yeah. and, it, and it's it's an opportunity. And actually go to the person who's been doing that already in the area yeah. and, and just float it. Don't, don't you know, you don't push it, you just you mm. just float little ideas. Joe, what are yeah. you gonna say? I was just gonna say, um, I guess the disincentive to that kind of collaborative working is the apparent complexity that it poses for everybody involved um, and in that scenario what you need is a digital first tool set that um, reduces that complexity to something easily manageable and something easily managed um, and that's exactly what our platform does at the yeah. PCN level um, is it, it takes that kind of shadow of the complexity of collaborative working um, and makes it transparent and makes it easy to use mm-hmm. um, and there's a bit of a chicken and egg problem there because in order for the, that organisation at scale to uh, realise those benefits, they have to they have to know that the, the there is something out there that can do that. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like, well, how do you how do we demonstrate that? How do we show that? Only by doing it elsewhere and showing it in yeah. other PCNs and other practices, which is what we've been doing for the last eighteen months. Yeah. So we've got those kind of testimonials to bring forwards now about about the benefits that it's bringing. Mm. So we can send you some some stuff to share with your partners. Anything so, you have. Yeah. Yes, so we've got a, we've got a series of documents. We've got a few videos and stuff. We'll, we'll share the, the website. Amazing. So, Thank but, you. So it's just really to browse through because it is a lot to take on mm-hmm. and there's a lot to think about. And it's just about taking those first steps. But like I say, there's kind of no point in us even starting to get involved or do anything unless you've got a kind of a thought that that's where they want to go mm-hmm. so it's floating things initially treading carefully um and like there's some ideas that we've just been through about how you might want to approach that kind yeah. of setting out a strategy and change um and it might not be that that's going to happen now you know that might be something you sort out for six months time mm-hmm. you know you just need to play the game right which is to mm-hmm. tread carefully um but gradually just feed these sorts of things in 
yeah. because that was my experience is it's about gaining trust at each point and pacing it right and you know that that's where our name tempo came from right it's about pacing because mm. tempo I'm a runner and I'm a big runner so I do lots of running so I, I'm quite into my data and my stats and stuff within running mm. and a tempo run is a sustainable hard run right so the whole point of tempo is that what we're doing is we're doing change at a pace which is tough but mm. it's sustainable yeah so it's pushing it at the right level for long enough you don't fall over you don't stop because you've burnt yourself out and you can keep at it so that's the whole point is about change at a rate which you can sustain and that that's going to change over time so it might not be you know as you start your fitness training your tempo runs are really slow mm. and you start off but as you gain fitness and as you do yeah. more of it as you practice as you practice change your rate can change so actually yeah. your your tempo becomes higher and what used to feel uncomfortable actually starts to feel comfortable so mm -hmm. your rate of change can just go exponential yeah. but you can't do that straight away you can't you no. otherwise you'll die you know yeah. you can't go and run a marathon without having done the training so yeah. you have to do your couch to 5k first mm. you have to do your couch to 5k before you even do anything yeah okay it's a lot to think about yeah well, hopefully that's been useful anyway. It has been really useful. Thank you so much. Um, if you don't, if you can send me anything you have, yeah. um, you know, treat me as, a fifth, as if I'm a five-year-old, send me anything. <laughs> um, and if you don't mind, I might sort of come back to you at some point just to have another chat. I might get my press manager involved as well to have another chat maybe at another point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, watch, watch this space. Things will change. But, yeah. Uh, as I said, I'm just one person, so we're very slow.